The Dream 3 Podcast, episode 37, a shift in the comic book change. Got to talk about it. A lot of things happened this past weekend. Dallas Sports Card Show, Golden Auctions. Let's get into it. So after uh, a good weekend, we had a lot of stuff go happen in the sports card world this weekend. We had a big auction from Golden, the best collectible and sports card auction in the world. We had uh, the Dallas Sports Card Show that was on and popping this weekend. Neil, kind of where do you want to start with this? Um, let's let's start with uh, the Dallas Card Show. I heard there were a lot of people who sold a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. traded a lot of stuff. I heard it was just massive. The trade nights were like on fire. Um, it feels like Dallas is like the one place that seems to be always does really well for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I just, I need to get out there. I need to go to Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, you know, you, you see it on all the vlogs from all the big-time guys, Ryan, uh, Mojo, any of guys who's, who's pretty major in the sports card. And it's like Dallas is kind of the place to go. Chicago has its its one or two couple a year. Obviously, there's sports card shows almost every weekend, and they're popping up more and more. Heck, even in Indiana, I think there's at least five or six sports card shows going on a weekend, which is nice now. Um, but also, you know, people are starting to gear up. We're only what nine weeks out from the nationals. So start yep. making, making some ideas, making some plays and some game plans now and, and getting ready for the nationals. So it's great to have people buying and trading in the hobby. That means the hobby's, you know, doing well and not pe- people aren't just kind of holding and waiting anytime there's active movement. It's always good. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, I, I I purchased a ticket for the national to go to go there and I'm not gonna be able to make it this year. So I gotta figure out how I can get rid of that or something. Awesome. I don't think I can, but I would love to go, but I just what I don't if, think I'm gonna be able to make it. It would be if, sick to go, but what if we gave it away on the podcast? Well that's here's the thing. I don't know if I can transfer like my super vip to someone else oh you, yeah that's if, good if i can i'll do it but that's a good point that's, you gotta, i'll give it away if i can yeah. but if not yeah. no worries but yeah uh so dallas happened this past week and also golden auction there's a ton of stuff golden auction going on I, the biggest wasn't even a sports card moment um I had the uh, a detective comics first appearance of batman sell for $1.74 million, which is a large amount for any comic book. So I beg the question to you um, kind of off off podcast, but is this showing that comic books are coming back? Is this an opportunity for the comic book market no. to get hot or is it just no. No. Uh, here and there? I, I, think, I think it's a one-off thing. It's somewhere like it, me personally, I don't, I just, like comic books have always been there. They've had their time. I just don't know if it necessarily it's if it's their time again. I don't see. Here's the thing: we know what what we know with sports is when you have playoffs and you have significant events. 
that causes a rise in in or hype or whatever you want to call it value increase in cards how the same thing happened with pokemon you know what is there to pokemon to help increase the value other than like a 25th anniversary so i'm not sure what that was for batman specifically mm-hmm. um i don't know if it was the highest graded oldest batman comic ever out there which makes sense but i i don't know that at the same time i just i mean marvel and dc comics are great but i like the movies and that's about the extent of where my knowledge and love goes so do you feel that and and me being a a comic book collector also but not really not a super graded comic book but more just like um you know normal in in sleeves comic books so is there an opportunity for that to grow into the hobby or do you think that it's kind of gone and passed because the one thing with you know graded comic books unlike sports cards uh, we also felt this in the shoe market that you know they take up a lot of space they're they're big the tangibility is very much a an issue i think you're right on the head or you nailed it right on the head with that um comics are great like if you truly love comics i have no problem with people who want to collect them the same way that people like to collect celebrity autographs or the way that people want to collect marvel cards that's cool i think it's a niche community niche community but as it goes for sports cards and the sports card hobby i'm not like the sports card hobby is what drives the market not the comic books and miscellaneous things yeah, because uh, it's hard to see with the background, but it's you know these things are 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 huge. Like graded yeah. comic books take up a lot yeah, of space. Massive. Um, so I can understand, but you know there are super collectors of of everything, and that's always great to have. But um, and one thing that I I can bring up in this is you know going to Comic Con this year and in, in indie. There were there were some sports cards there. There were people selling wax. There was people not just Pokemon, but um, I, I went with Tommy and and I found I obviously found the guy who was selling wax, and it's a bunch of you know megas and blasters of like NFL playoff, and the guy's like thirty thirty dollars higher than what he should be. And Tommy's like, "Is that good?" I was like, "No, no, I, I understand what he's trying to do, but it, it's." you're almost seeing a cross pollination of comic books and sports cards or guys who are kind of in that collectibles type area where maybe it's not just a sports card shop. Maybe it's not just a sports memorabilia shop, but someone like, like a Valkyrie vault here in Brownsburg where it's like Funko pop collectibles, um, comic books, board games. And then he has a a small trading card section. So you're kind of seeing that cross pollination happen. So, here's my thing and and i and i don't want to be a negative nancy because i think there's too much of that especially in 2022 but is it does it become like another pump and dump scheme where someone a big whale gets into the market they start buying up all these comic books and then they then they turn around and sell them and try to pump up comic books as like the next big thing where there's no real reason rhyme or reason as to why it should have that Yes, I understand like new movies are coming out, but that doesn't mean that Thor all of a sudden pumps the Marvel universe into this outrageous, outlandish buying scheme. 
I think it just it, doesn't make sense. But there's absolutely, uh, yeah, there's absolutely for that to happen. You can see it happening. Um, as, as, as long as it comes from, like you said, one, one of the big whales that people believe and trust in, like you would have to have a, a lot of push from small time guys to, to make a comic book, you know, drop happen. Plus you think about the grading process for that. It takes forever, just like PSA and it's expensive. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I, I, <clears throat> I'm not a part of the comic books and I, and I say this too, you know, I think you can enjoy something like you can enjoy being a part of the F1 scene. You can enjoy comics books and not necessarily have to collect them or invest in them. Like I enjoy F1, but I enjoy F1 because I have a racing background. Like my dad was in racing. He was in the IndyCar series. We used to watch F1 on the days that he was off or they didn't, they weren't racing that weekend. So like for me, like I enjoy the sport. I have no F1 cards and I, mm. I don't want any. And I think the same goes for, for comic books. You can enjoy Marvel movies, DC movies, not necessarily have to collect on the, on the verse, you know, you can collect and just collect because you love it like you do. And I don't see any issue with that. You know, we all have personal collections that, you know, stuff that nobody really knows or cares about, but that's because that's a part of collecting. It's something that we hold that we grew up with that we've enjoyed throughout our life. And it's something that we hold, you know, hold value to, and that's okay. It doesn't yeah. have to make you money. Yeah. So it's nice yeah, what it does, but for sure, for sure. And I can look around and look at all my comic books that, you know, might, some might be worth things, but to me are, are more of things that I like that I won't get rid of, which is just like what a P PC should be. But, you know, we have the, the, Detective Comic Books number 27, first, uh, first edition of Batman or first scene of Batman sell for $1.74 million. We also had a Spider-Man, uh, first appearance of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. What number is it? Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing yeah, Fantasy 15. So it's Amazing Fantasy 15 and it sold for $450,000 at the auction. So Two big comic books went that night um, at Golden. Um, yeah. but also, there's a ton of other cards that went that night also. Agreed. There, I, I'm looking through and I've been writing down a list of some things, just some notable ones um, specific to just kind of following the football market because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm still looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah. Even though I'm relishing every day knowing that I'm the Super Bowl champion, I still get to look forward to football every year. So, And I've been buying football kind of on the side. I got like just some cheap stuff. I picked up like a Joe Burrow orange ice. So for orange, orange disco and then like a herd space PSA 10 because it was super, super cheap. So you're um, so so you're still buying you're buying football getting ready kind of yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of picking and choosing right now what I want um, there's some people who I think are overhyped right now and I think there's some people who are definitely like under the radar who like have really easy schedules the first few weeks and if they yep. do they're gonna jump off the page and people are gonna love them and then obviously like Joe Burrow 
like their team got better. Like we talked about this, like, their team got better and yeah. they just came off a Super Bowl run. So like, I don't see anybody. I, I mean, yeah, they may fall a couple times, but I mean, in the end, like Cincinnati's going to be right there for a chance at a championship. Yeah, it's smart. And we've always talked about it. Like this is the perfect time to start investing in football. People are starting to get excited again. You know, people are going to start buying in more. It's going to be peak time, right? Right. When training camp kicks off. Um, I was able to get that Josh Allen uh, rookie select PSA nine that's on its way. Um, so I think football is a good buy right now. Uh, I really haven't seen anything in my personal opinion. I haven't seen anything graded wise that, that has piqued my interest. I have uh, been doing a lot of, of game use stuff. Um, still kind of looking at that all the way through baseball, basketball, football. Um, to me, I still think that's, that's to me more fun than, than the graded cards right now. I'm pretty heavily invested in soccer and kind of waiting on that market to come out. Had a yeah. couple, couple SGC subs come back, um, just for fun and got a lot of cool stuff that I can push through there. So, um, pretty soccer heavy. Football is kind of like my number two tier, and then then maybe uh, maybe baseball is probably my n- number three. But with baseball, you're not really looking at anything until the fall. Yeah, I, I've I've come to and I I actually just sold that Havertz in a uh, in a deal. So basically, I basically netted exactly what I got for it. I think I made a couple bucks or something. Like yeah. That. Anyways, um, for me, it was more or less just kind of moving it because I feel like football has driven the market over the past couple of years, and I trust my gut and my instinct on football. For me, maybe it's just me and not being invested in soccer and truly understanding the sport or baseball. Mm-hmm. I literally don't do any baseball, and I should have never done any baseball. But for me, it's like football and then like prospecting, not prospecting, but buying some like really cheap basketball slabs from people who like got injured last year. Yeah. So I picked up like, (laughs) I know it sounds super dumb, but like I picked up a Michael Porter Jr. for like six bucks and it's a PSA nine. I'm like, you can't even submit to PSA for less than 50. So yeah, for $6, if he ends up going in, playing and drops 30 points in three games and he's all of a sudden it's worth 30 bucks and sometimes okay, well, six to 30 is still pretty good money so. you see a lot of like videos going on right now like ryan's doing a whole did or did a whole segment of value boxing and going through value boxes and, and kind of seeing how you can make money that way and you know i did that at gizmos like guy had the ufc cards for 25 cents a piece and you found you know I found the Darren Till, the Justin Gaishis, the Peter Yan. All these are rookie cards. I got it for 25 cents. Send them to SGC. They're all high grades, nine fives or above. So obviously I'm making, you know, 10x on my money once they sell. So there's a good time to find through value boxes too. If if yep. that, if that's a way you enjoy, you know, hunting. If not, you can always just, you know find the car that you want and pay for it. Like I did with my Gretzky. That's right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with buying the car that you want. 
especially it's going to be a long-term collection. But all right, so some of this golden stuff. What what was what was one thing that stuck out, or a few things that stuck out with you? Uh, a few things that F one major sale, which uh, a lot of people are saying that when I talk about major sale, the Charlotte Leclerc. So obviously he's he's uh, doing very well. Ferrari's doing very well in F one this year. Um, the Super Refractor one one is PSA nine sold for two hundred sixty four thousand dollars. A lot of people still are saying that that's a good value price for that card. Rookie card still has a lot to room to grow. You know, uh, Ferrari's Ferrari's right on Red Bull's tail. It's kind of a battle back and forth. Mercedes really isn't in the picture this year. So, you know, could it be a value buy? Maybe time will tell. It, it's really hard to say with F1 drivers. So here's here's something I found interesting about that sale. That went for like 270000 right? Yeah. The one of one Tops Dynasty patch auto went for eighty thousand. Yes. I get the super refractor being a one of one, but like wouldn't you rather have ink and a patch for the same like for a third of the price? You know, a fourth of the price? I would, because you know I'm a patch auto guy. <laughs> Yeah, but like even like long term, like I'm just like, and I I just talked about this in a group message with, with a couple of buddies of mine. Um, you know, long term when you think about it, like when you're when we're talking about sports and sports cards, it feels like we're hyping up these rookie cards, but at the same time, I think we neglect what's truly keeps us in the like what truly keeps us in the hobby, and it's owning a piece of the game, right? So, like, if you have an ink, like, if you have an autograph on it, you are you have the guy's autograph, yeah. you know, and it's a rookie card, and it's an autograph. And then if you get a patch from their jersey, then that's, like, something they wore. And not just a patch, especially on that Charlotte Leclerc <clears throat> card, it's the Ferrari logo. Yeah, Ferrari logo, exactly. And it, it just seems like, it seems like, yeah, okay, like, from a... From a maturity standpoint, yes, ooh, ah, yeah, you got a shiny little refractor. But what about this car that has his autograph, oh, and a piece that of the Ferrari logo that he wore for the same price, and or for a third of the price? I'm kind of like, I feel like long-term it should make more sense to own that stuff. So maybe this is me, but... Now, like, I'm starting to steer away from all the shiny stuff. It doesn't matter to me as much. Yeah, so do you know... Was that Shine's car that he sold, or did he buy that? I will have to go look. If, if he didn't, if, I don't know why he would sell it. I'm sure he bought it at some point, or will well, buy you know it. know Shine. He's always making moves. Yeah. Um, another thing that I saw that on Golden that was pretty interesting was uh, a Nintendo Wii that was gifted to the Queen of England. That was all gold. I think it was gold. It was it's gold plated. Uh, sold for thirty three thousand dollars. That's hilarious. That is That's... one. How do you get your hands on that to sell it? I don't know. Maybe it was gifted back. Maybe maybe the queen's a regifter. Maybe she she doesn't buy gifts anymore. She just regifts everything. That's good. And then one baseball one. The, I think the biggest baseball one of the auction was Bobby Witt Jr. So a twenty twenty Bowman Chrome. Uh, 
Bobby Wood Jr. It was a BGS nine. It was nine five centering, nine five corners, ten on the edges, but the surface got an eight point five. Had a ten autograph, and the card number was three out of five. It ended up selling for fifty one thousand. Hmm. So Bobby, Did you, didn't Bobby Witt just get demoted to want a single A ball? That I don't know because obviously I don't follow. I'm not deep into baseball. That's kind I'm of, pretty sure he did, which is rough. That's rough. Yeah, that's really rough. So that happens. Baseball is hard. Like you know, Bobby Witt's Bobby Witt Junior's the the poster child of the 2020 guys. Him, Lewis Roberts, Bobachet. Got like Galvin Lux, like he was hot for for a good minute and that completely fell off. That's the bad thing about baseball is you know there's so many players and there's so many you know different ways to get taken out. Plus you have prospecting. Plus you have you know single A, double A, triple A, summer leagues, this league, that league. All like there's there's a ton. If you bet right in baseball and win, like a like on a Juan Soto or or a Mike Trout, you know you win big. But there's a lot of times where you spend a lot of money and wait a long time and get absolutely nothing out of it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So so here's here's some couple things that I found on Golden that that I found really interesting. So I'll start with football. We had a Mahomes RPA. It was a three-color patch out of 99, BGS 9, 10 auto, $132,000. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen out of 99, although a PSA 10, did $123,000. What do you think of that? For ten grand less... And yes, a, a, a great bump. Allen is basically right at Mahomes. Um, and we've talked about this. You know, is, is it like Allen is super super high right now, or is it Mahomes is like falling off a cliff? I I think a little bit of both. I think the hype behind Josh Allen going into this year is is through the roof. Peter King came out with his with his uh, top thirty two teams in the NFL or or his. Uh, power rankings and the bills are number one. So a lot of people are, are buying heavily in Josh Allen right now, thinking that he's going to be not the next Patrick Mahomes because he's got a completely different playing style, but they think he's going to win a Super Bowl the next couple of years. He's got the team to do it. Now we'll see the chiefs obviously aren't going to be what they've been in the past, but you're going to have to look at Patrick Mahomes as he's still that dynasty player without Tyreek Hill. That's why this this season's got a lot of interesting notes to to look at to see, you know, who's going to be good, who's 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 not. It, um, it, like uh, coming to mind right now, you, people who could make the Super Bowl, like realistically, the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, um, the Ravens, Chargers, Chargers, Broncos. Who else am I missing? You could say the Browns. You could say the Browns, depending on what happens. You could say yep. you could say a deep playoff run for the Raiders if they all gel together. Yeah, um, I mean the Raiders got better. The Raiders uh, got better. 
Who who else? I mean, in the AFC, I don't think you can say the Patriots. I don't think you can say the Dolphins. Nope, can't say the Jets. Can't say you know, Colts. Colts would be hopefully just make the playoffs. I don't see them making a deep. The run. Titans got worse. Titans got worse, and they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So okay, so right there, seventeen, seven, eight teams. You got seven or eight teams who realistically have a chance at the Super Bowl, and only what is it? Only six of them make the playoff. Uh huh. So six teams make the playoff. Eight people realistically have a chance at a Super Bowl, and the Bills are the runaway favorites. Like it just to me, it seems like like it's a toss up. Like I like I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't take I wouldn't bet on any one of these teams to make it because it feel like I would be losing. Like it's a long shot. Yeah, it, just because it's so deep. It's so deep and it's so talented in that AFC. The AFC is so deep this year. The NFC, you know, kind of like we've been talking, there's three teams. Yeah, it's three teams and that's it. And the other teams are are playoff teams, and that's about the extent of where they're going. And I could you could even say like the Packers really aren't a team that's going to probably make the Super Bowl because they don't have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball anymore. So what's a better investment plan, betting on one of the AFC teams with cards or betting on one of the three NFC teams with cards? Man, that's tough. Here's the thing. I think I think the MVP ends up coming out of – okay, thank you, um, Mikey. Thanks for, for the comment. Yes, seven teams make it in the playoff. So seven teams make it in the playoff. So you're still losing one team who's potentially a Super Bowl favorite. So – I think the AFC, you get a whoever's in the AFC is probably going to end up winning the MVP this year just because they're not going to give it to Rodgers and it's probably not going back to Brady or Stafford just because they don't they play in a crap. I mean, let's be honest, it's yeah, it's really not that tough a conference anymore. The NFC's not <clears throat> so like I understand an MVP, but a Super Bowl is something way, way different, and then like. If you make it to the Super Bowl, you do you trust them to beat the Rams? You know, it's it's kind of like, man, it's you make the Super Bowl, and now you got to face Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, oh, and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, yeah, that's your that's your tough thing, especially if you're thinking it of an investment standpoint of. Am I betting on them to go through, win the Super Bowl, or am I going to get out right at playoff time where I've made my my three to five percent, or do I hang on and try to get to the next level where I can keep getting those little bitty bumps, but yeah. then you risk it at the very end of the season? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like I like I like Burrow. I like I think I think Josh Allen is a little overhyped, and I think. The Mahomes, I think we're going to see some regression in Mahomes just because he doesn't have the talent. So he's it's literally got to show he's either going to show how good he is or he's going to show how good he's not. Great. So I think from there, it's like, well, I like Burrow, but I also like maybe Lamar and maybe Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guys who I think have something to prove who aren't necessarily hyped up like Josh Allen and Mahomes. 
Yeah. I don't know. So I'm scrolling Just through I'm scrolling through Golden All also from this past weekend. And they had some some game used basketball jerseys. They had a 1967 oh, NBA Finals Game Seven Bill Russell jersey sold for nine hundred sixty six thousand dollars. They had a Dr. J. This is 1972-73 ABA rookie Virginia Squirrels jersey sold for a little over a half a million, so five hundred twenty two thousand. It's the highest price Dr. J item ever sold and the highest price mb or aba item sold ever um and then this is the one year anniversary of the kobe bryant game worn signed jersey that sold for 3.69 million at golden so not only is you know the sports card market been through like game used collectibles you know that's another market that kind of like we talked about with comic books, but I think it's way more tangible than, than comic books because the game used aspect we've always yes. talked about the game used patch autos, huge difference between game use player worn and whatever it is now where it's just napkins or whatever they find laying around the player. Um, like if you have that Kobe Bryant Jersey, it's game-worn Kobe Bryant. Kobe wore this in this game. That's why, you you know, you see if you're involved in the card pages or the uh, memorabilia pages on, on Facebook or anything else, everybody's always looking for photo-matched stuff, whether it be yes. football jerseys, baseball, basketball, whatever. photo match. I think the best people that do it is the MLB, whether it be with their cards, whether it be with the baseballs. They have a system in play where they sticker everything that they sell outright that has a QR code on it that can tell exactly, you know, Tucker Barnhart hit this ball to Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. threw him out to there. That's where this ball is from. So I think baseball does the best at that. Is it because, though, they have 162 games that they play? Could be. But still, think about if you wanted to sell – and, it, and it's really hard to like to you do just don't with. see like everything on here is all basketball or baseball you don't see football jerseys that's because football jerseys you know are very and we talked to Chris about this they're very hard to come by players have to buy their own jerseys once they get back or once they you know gift them and the only time you really find a game used jerseys is is second hand so you'll see a lot of you know guys who have traded jerseys on the field and signed it to one another, and then you'll find it on eBay or that guy gave it to somebody else, and and you'll find it on the Facebook pages. So there's not a real good system for that. Some some of the teams do it in their pro shop, but those guys have long, long retired or, or no longer been with the team. But um, they don't – the NFL doesn't keep a very good, good update with – you know, they don't game you stuff. And if you look at their, their auction, uh, you know, they're worse than any other team that tries to shill bid anything. They put like maximum reserves on everything for jerseys. That should be a couple hundred bucks. They want a couple thousand. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of this stuff like this game use memorabilia just seems cheap. Maybe it's just me just cause I look at cards and I see the price of a, you know, Josh Allen 
Bitcoin for $123,000 when you can own his full jersey signed by him used in a game for half the price. I mean, at one point, I was before I got really heavily back into cards, I was collecting game used jerseys and I still got a bunch of them in my closet right now. You know, you can find a game used jersey anywhere between 100 to, you know, 700 bucks. Like I have three of Chris's Patriots jerseys two of his Dolphins jerseys. I don't think I paid more than $350 for any of them. I need, I need one of those. Yeah. And like the Patriots ones come, come with a certificate of authenticity from, um, from the, uh, the equipment guy. That's so, nice. yeah. And at one point I had a, uh, uh, Antonio Pierce Jersey from the giants. I had, uh, I was somebody, a wide receiver from the Browns. White wide receiver. Can't remember his name. That's probably why. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> All right. So a couple other things. Curry 101 rookie logo, man, sold, sells for $492,000. I think that's appropriate. I mean, I think the Warriors, and we'll get into a little bit of NBA, I think the Warriors are on their way to a title. They look, think, they look really good. I agree with you. I think there's no stopping no stuff. Like I don't see, I don't see defensively the the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat. I think Miami can slow them down a little bit because I think they're a little more agile in the defensive end. But I think Boston is very much a straight up defensive defensive game plan. Uh-huh. I don't think that works well against the Warriors because they're constantly moving, constantly creating open lanes and plays. Um, I see the Warriors. In a winning chip. So Curry Logo Man for four hundred ninety-two thousand dollars. Guys change the game for the twenty-first century. It seems like a pretty good deal to me. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to point out, a flawless. Okay, so we had the Allen Allen the Josh Allen RPA to ten go for two hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars. Yep. Mahomes or sorry, flawless Josh Allen tag. Which is to five, I think, thirty-two thousand dollars. So, so what's the tag to to five? I think it's to five. So then you're playing off the jersey jersey number. No, I lied because he wears twelve. No, yeah, um, you can't. Or he wears uh, he wears what number does Josh Allen wear? Eleven, ten, no, twelve. I forgot. No, I don't know. That's what. <laughs> Let me look real quick. That's why I thought it was driven higher. I thought it was jersey number. Um, Josh Allen wears. He's, he's 12, isn't he? 10? Yeah. No, he's 17. 17. 17. 17. Yeah. So uh, hollow gold. Unless I'm looking at the card, it's just. Unless you're or he, going here, even this. Cold. How about this? Flawless Shield rookie. So rookie 2018 Flawless Shield Auto rookie wow. 101 fifty-four thousand dollars. Flawless NFL Shield. So how does how does a <clears throat> how does a shield be three times priced and out of ten? Yeah, I don't and get that's. I, I think flawless is a better set. Like uh, I get it, national treasures, the RPA, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. 
but that but the card aesthetically looks better and flawless. No, and we I know don't. in basketball, flawless are game used. Yeah, um, obviously rookie cards in and flawless for football aren't game used. You got to wait a year or so. I just I don't know. I feel like the discrepancy in some of these products just doesn't make sense. I agree. I agree with you. I don't know. I'm a big flawless guy. I think flawless is underrated. Aesthetically, they look better. The autos are always better. Mm -hmm. Sometimes on like sometimes on those NTs, the acetate finish like ruins the card. So you literally like the ink is really bad on it. It looks awful. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. I get the market likes it. Maybe there's a chance down the road. Maybe there's something down the road. Maybe maybe that's what we need to invest in. Flawless. We just need to go for flawless rookies. Maybe they maybe they'll change their mind. We'll see. I mean, and also, you know, Fanatics is asking what products you would you like to see come back. So, you know, maybe it's a return of of an old product that that takes over the market exquisite exquisite yeah ultimate collection tops Top, chrome tops chrome tops finest finest uh bowman's best you know Bowman's best there's a lot of uh -huh. those those 90s-esque style cards that people love and they're catching fire again I mean, top still, top still does a top's finest baseball. Yes. Do they do a who does Skybox or are they completely dead? Skybox is dead. It was bought by Fleer, which who who bought Fleer? <clears throat> I don't know that answer. I don't think they can make it anymore. No, unless, yeah, I, unless they buy rights to it, which I don't think will happen. That would be cool though. I would. I, I think if you brought back, because no, because hockey has skybox, so it's got to be upper deck. No, well, could be. Yeah. So if they so because because they had the uh, they had the PMGs in um, this year's product for skybox metal. Yeah. That so, would be yeah. nice. That would be nice. So yeah. I even I even sent Josh because uh, Josh has never seen like Leaf Pearl and yeah. especially their hockey stuff where I found a Martin Brodeur uh, like a buckle from his mask and sent it to Josh. Be like, yeah, man, Leaf Leaf makes has some some nice product also. Yes, yes. Skybox Metal, yeah, I remember Skybox Metal. And they signed, uh, they signed, they signed Erling Haaland too. Ah, uh, yeah. So he's yeah. exclusive to Leaf now. That'll be that'll be interesting on how that shakes out. Okay, so we've gone through what two, three weeks now, or what second round? We're in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals in the NBA. Yeah, we're in the second round of NHL playoffs. Who are you surprised by and who are you not surprised by? Uh, obviously, we're not surprised by the Warriors. Um, the Warriors do what the Warriors do. 
Um, they're very, very deep everywhere. Um, kind of watching right now to see what's going to happen between Boston and Miami. Is yeah, that, game four is tonight, right? Yeah, they're playing right now. It's, you know, kind of back and forth-ish. We'll see, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, Hockey-wise... I can't stand Jason Tate. I can't stand the Celtics. That whole fan base is just a bunch of Boston, yeah, yeah. Boston short wieners and raging donuts. Yeah, raging aggressive behavior. Um, as far as hockey goes, I watched a little bit. I've been watching a little bit of the Oilers Calgary Flames series. Yes, freaking. I'm not sure if it is Connor McDavid, but he basically has to do all the work almost on his own. Uh, trying to think what else did I watch. Tampa Bay's up 3-0 in their series, so Tampa- they look like they're headed back to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, The Rangers are down 2-1 to to Carolina. Edmonton's up 2-1 to in the series, and the Avs are up 2-1. to tonight and they play tonight right so now Tampa. so more than likely you're going to get the abs and and edmonton and you're going to hope uh, yeah and you're going to get tampa bay and see the Rangers, carolina tampa bay is going to run through carolina again tampa bay will run through either one of them it's just can the rangers make it a series i think they can only because the Mecca, like playing in the Mecca, Madison Square Garden helps you. Uh-huh. And I think that crowd is really good. But, man, Tampa Bay is just good. And when you have Vasilevsky playing goalie, I mean, he's unstoppable. He's just, yep. he's that good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, good. There was a, yeah, definitely good, good hockey NBA, it looks like the Warriors are going to win, so you guys can turn that off and start buying yourselves Steph Curry cards because it's not going to turn out much better than that. But, yeah, that's where I see it from now. Did you watch the F1 race? I caught the highlights of it. I I didn't get up early enough to watch it, but I did see the highlights. Um, A lot of people going off in turn four. Yes. Uh, good, Good run by Lewis Hamilton to get a tire cut in the first lap and a half. You know, come back from the back of the field, end up, I believe, in sixth. Um, no, he, he did he? No, he finished top five. Did he? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because he. Uh, so when Max George uh, Hamilton got a podium, yeah, he and got then third. I'm Checo pretty sure um, Carlos Sainz passed him to get fourth, and then Lewis finished fifth. Yeah, because uh, big move by by. Leclerc to go off track and him coming off track and going to the back, finishing no points that allows Verstappen to jump him in the points. And it also allows Red Bull to open, open a bigger lead in the constructors cup. So, you know, it's a long race, but it's basically, it's a two team. It's a two team race. It's Red Bull and Ferrari this year. Um, George, George Russell's proven that he deserved that seat. Yeah. He he's, he's running, so so don't get me wrong, Botas is a really good driver. He's been 
near the top in his in plane or with his constructor, he's still been running in the top of the of the standings and in the in finishing well. But George Russell is just on a different level. He I is. Think people are starting to see how good he really is. It's really sad that that Mercedes doesn't have not a, the car design, the upgrades. Nothing that really has. They haven't found anything to make them a better car this year. Yeah. Um, but could you imagine what George Russell would have done in last year's Lewis's car or the year before Lewis's car, um, instead of being in that Williams? So once yeah. they get a, once they get a real car, you might have a three team race. And you look around; it seems like everybody else has gotten not everybody else, but Haas has gotten better out of nowhere. Alfa Romeo's okay. Um, Williams is still terrible. Uh, who's uh, who's Botas drive for? Alfa Romeo. Yeah, Alfa. I mean, they're they're competing. Yeah, they're, yeah. I would consider them like. I mean, I would. I, I don't know what the standings are. I'd have to look, but I mean, if Botas isn't in the top six, you know, he's trying to push his team to be like a top. five four or five team in the constructors, which I'm sure they weren't expecting to be there. Oh, it's like Haas, you know, they've had so many points finishes this year with Magnuson and Mick Schumacher is still searching for his first, but or searching for just sometimes you're lucky if Mick Schumacher finishes the race. This was the first time in his career that he, that he made it to the top 10 in qualifying. Um, you know, it's not, it's not for everybody. Uh, there is a, I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's going to happen or what, but I know the Andretti's are, are making a push to have an F1 team with two cars next year. It has to be approved. I don't, I don't it has to be approved. Sign, though. As a driver, that's easy. You sign uh, uh, Brian Herta from IndyCar, who's already has an F1 deal with Haas to be a test driver. And Hurt is a really good driver. And then if you, if you want my opinion, Kyle Larson. You mean Colton Herta. Colton Herta. Brian Herta is his dad. Yeah. Yes, Brian. Yeah, Colton Herta and Kyle Larson. Could you imagine two Americans? That's one thing the F1's missing is American drivers. They haven't had American drivers since, I think, Scott Speed. Yeah. And you would think the American team, being Haas, would put American drivers in the car. But right. <clears throat> but you you go for the Mick Schumacher because it's got the Schumacher name, helps sell sponsorship. Uh, Kevin Magnuson is a great driver, but if if you're Gene Haas and you own the team and you're floating the bill, why would you not want to put an American driver in it? Yeah, especially if we're gonna race if you're racing three times in America now. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't know who. Yeah, I mean, Colton. Colton's probably your best bet. He's young driver. Young, fearless. He showed yeah. up the Indy Grand Prix that, you know, he can drive in, in all kinds of weather. Right. The only person who I'm, I'm looking at on their, on their like, IndyCar series, Simon Pagano used to be a really good course driver. Not an oval. He wasn't as good of an oval driver, but he was a really good road course driver. Um, he could be a, a good one to sign, even though he's not American, but comes over from IndyCar at least. Well, you can also yeah, think I would say 
and the Andretti oh, family. I mean, Alexander Rossi's already under contract with. Yeah, Rossi. He, he was a former F1 driver. Yep. Hmm. Maybe next year we see some. It would be nice. I think the more the better, especially with there being a salary cap now. It's, so, so let me let me ask you this: Do you think F1 is being pumped by the American market? Hundred percent. Yes. And the cards are a reflection of that. Yes. Yes. So they they picked right with that Netflix series at the right time. So my question is, I don't I'm not saying it's a bubble, but I'm saying do we see a regression at some point because Max maybe continues to go up, George Russell continues to go up, Lewis Hamilton goes down. You know, but how long can you carry F one as a print as a as a as a premium card sector of the hobby? I think it's on a I think it's on a timetable because the problem is is there's not there's not a lot of turnover. Yeah. I mean, so if, I, the thing is, uh, I just think feel like. It's eventually going to get old because you just... because you're, you're going to have the same in the top five teams. You're going to have the same drivers who keep getting three year contracts. The yeah. only thing that you can hope for is a switching inside the major teams. You're not going to have, you know, you're not going to have. You'll have F two drivers that come up to the the Williams, the Haases, the the Aston Martin teams. But it's not like it's not like football where you have this college star who can jump right in and be, you know. Yeah, it's, it's almost like it's almost like I'm not saying it's at its peak, but I'm saying F1 was pretty much at like its peak last year when you had like the greatest of all time, and you had Max really vying for a championship. But now that you don't have Lewis in it, it's I'm not saying it's lost its steam, but I'm saying it's 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 got a shelf it's hard life. to justify long term that you're going to see the same kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for um, parody. You're not going to see parody in it. So like when you take football, any one of those eight teams could make the Super Bowl, and it changes the market completely. Yeah, you're not going to see more than three drivers have a chance at a championship every year. Yeah, and these guys who are Alfa Romeo, Haas, you know, McLaren, these guys they're not they're not vying for a championship. So the only the only thing that's going to give them any kind of value is if they somehow manage to win a race. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. And. How long does a Netflix series go before it gets you know, cold and tired? Yeah, it gets cold. It gets tired. It gets worn out. You got to create new storylines. So if you're smart with F1 cards, you're you're hoarding the first year stuff. Like uh, yeah, the first, the, first year year stuff. the first year F1 Dynasty boxes are going for uh, forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean hold 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 the first year stuff, and I don't know. And then, and then, if you want parity to make it hot, you know, if you get an American driver, 
right there bang there's your i like it mikey i think i think you're on the right path i think that's how you bring it in mikey mikey redline firebreak says if we get an american drivers in the f1 series i think it can it can pick up some steam but without american drivers without that american ties you're gonna I think it's gonna go by the wayside you're gonna keep losing that american market and, yes. not, and just because we have three races in here doesn't mean that you know it lasts forever. Look at Indianapolis. They only race there a handful of years because F F1 and the FIA, you know, hated the Indianapolis track and a whole bunch of stuff went down um, and ended up obviously leaving Indianapolis. There were only like one, two year deals for, for racing at the tracks. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you, if you want to keep it hot, you know, put an American in there because it's kind of like soccer. Like people were were all pumped about the MLS for a little bit, and then you never hear about it. People were were pumped for Major League rock, Rugby. Now you rarely hear about it. Uh, paintball, yep. paintball went through the same thing. Paintball was on yep. ESPN two. You know, was getting more and more back in the two thousands. You'd never hear about paintball unless you're a die diehard. Yep. It, it's it's almost like this. It's it's hilt. It's built. It's built its infatuation with the American market. Has built its infatuation with F one, and it's how long that's going to last. Agreed. Because ultimately, when you look at like the Mount Rushmore of sports cards, your Mount Rushmore has Mickey Mantle, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, and what LeBron. Yeah, you know, and I don't see F one or anybody in F1 creating a spot there. No, or having a long-term, having a long-term effect. Or Gretzky, sorry. I mean, you could yeah. consider Gretzky in there. Or but anyone in F1 having a long-term effect to be able to jump up and make a case. Yeah. There was, a, there was an interesting statistic that came out after the Miami race. It said there were 2 million viewers who watched the Miami race, which was the most... The, it was the most it's ever had in F1 in American sports or mm -hmm. American sports watching. The most F1 ever had. Meanwhile, NASCAR did 2.3. Yes. So it's like NASCAR did more than F1 did. So what does that say from a global perspective on how big F1 really is getting? Yeah. It seems like it's more niche to the hobby than it is. It truly is. a growing sport just it's like it's niche to the american motorsports market yep it's the biggest thing in american motorsports and that's the only thing from that side of the hobby that we're getting uh-huh uh-huh although i do think if p if the pga came out with a netflix series that would be awesome only because a lot of those guys just like totally dog and play with each other all day long if you've seen some of luke donald or not luke donald ian poulter's like behind the scenes like talking at the table after rounds it's hilarious you got to keep it hot you got to keep it fresh you got to you know that's the big thing the biggest thing about hard knocks is it's the same thing every year like there's yep trust me as somebody who played in football for 22 years it's the same thing you can only tell the story of people getting cut and people working out and getting mad and fighting at practice so many times same thing with f1 i mean yeah guess what people's contracts come up people wreck cars stuff happens sponsors leave 
it happens every single day. There's only so many times you can make stories out of it. Yep. I agree. So stick to Tom Brady, stick to Michael Jordan. Yeah, stick Mickey to the Mantle. stick to the big names. Like yeah. try try to if it's cool to make a, a a quick flip or a short-term investment hold and move there, but it's not something that you want to hold it for the 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah, don't don't blow all your money on Kobe White and Mike Porter Jr. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. All right, cool. Well, gotta thank our sponsors for joining us for another podcast. My slabs. Oh man, I'm using my slabs so much. MySlabs.com. Buy and sell your slapped cards, slapped comic books that we talked about, sealed wax. You get a seller's fee of almost only up to one percent. You know, good place to go. Don't get on eBay and use that 12% stuff. Slab savers, protectorslabs.com. If you use code DREAM3, you're going to get 10% off your order. I got a bunch of them sitting right here. They are great to use for anything in your cards. Uh, graded Card Solutions, that's gradedship.com. Use code DREAM15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Ship your cards safely because we don't trust the post office. And then Nation Golf, if you like uh, the classic gear, of the golden era of golf check out our friends at nationgolfcompany.com uh, for neil myself thank you all again for listening to our podcast downloading on apple google spotify it's on youtube we have a facebook page we're on instagram at showtime sports cards at doughboy sports cards one give us a shout out thank you for everybody who tunes in who retweets our stuff who reposts our stuff we thank you and appreciate it all the time. Until next time, we are out.